Hey everyone, welcome back to Star's Opinion, the Christian Perspective. I have been gone from at least this platform for a while because I wanted just to pull back and really seek the Lord's face on the type of content that I present to you all. I want the content to be spirit-led. I want the content to edify the body of Christ. And also, I just want the content to draw people to the knowledge of who Jesus Christ is. So I didn't want to be like most Christian content creators who constantly put out content, but it's not really edifying the body of Christ. So I pulled back a little bit just to seek the Lord on it and to seek his face, to seek his kingdom, to seek his wisdom on how and how I should effectively put out content that gives glory to him. So I just pulled back just a little bit um, from posting on Star's Opinion, the Christian perspective, because I wanted to be in right standing with God. And I also kind of pull back from um, Star's Conversations, which is my YouTube page, um, just a little bit because I wanted to only put out content, only put out content, what God, the content that God wanted me to put out. So I do biblical principles on Stars Conversations. I do Bible study on Stars Conversations because I wanted to be able to edify who Jesus Christ is, who God is, and, you know, let him give the increase. So that was my main reason for doing that. So I am back and the Lord has been really dealing with me on, you know, knowing spiritual laws, knowing spiritual principles and how to effectively do that. So let's just get right into it. So the topics that I want to talk about is... Liquid Death, the company, the water company. I want to talk about false prophets. I want to talk about the Easter performance that Mike Todd had at his church. And I also want to talk about knowing spiritual laws and idols and what is living holy and deliverance. So before I go any further, I do want to... um give you guys a uh, insight on the books that I have been reading. I bought Deliverance from Demonic Covenants and Curses. This is by Reverend, J- Reverend James A. Solomon. And then I bought The Three Battlegrounds. And this is by Fran- Francis Frankenpain. I hope I'm saying that correct. And then I just recently got a new book called Fire Prayers by John Ramirez. I have followed John Ramirez for maybe when he first came out, or at least when I first heard of him about 12 years ago when he had came to be a Christian. He used to be a witch. Um, he said he was the highest ranking witch that there can be and Jesus Christ saved him. So what a blessing. But yeah, so I'm almost finished with deliverance from demonic covenants and curses. I'm halfway finished with the three battlegrounds. And then I'm going to start fire prayers that destroy demonic or sanctatic kingdoms. And I'll leave the link below to all these books so you guys can purchase them. 
so you can read them at your own time. Okay, so let's get into it. First things first, I want to talk about the Liquid Delph. I have seen a few YouTubers who are um, Christians who profess, profess to be Christians and they are downplaying Liquid Delph. Now, if you look at the advertisement for Liquid Delph, there is an actual witch. She says she's a witch. I'm not putting words in her mouth. There is an actual witch. She is saying that she is summoning summon, summon up demons to infuse the water. So anyone who opens this can of water, they will be possessed by a demon. And then the advertisement goes, if you drink this water and you are possessed by a demon, you get $1 off um, of a exorcism. Now, th- now these YouTubers um, that talked about this said that it was just satire and it's not true. You know, if you are a Bible believing Christians, you cannot be possessed which is true. If you are a Bible believing Christian and have accepted the Holy Spirit um, into your life, the Holy Spirit dwells in you. But as the Bible says, pay attention, reader. But you can be oppressed by demonic activity, you can be oppressed by demonic spirits. This is what the book that I am reading, Deliverance from Demonic Spirits, Covets, Covenants, and Curses, and the three battlegrounds that I am reading. And I'm sure because Pastor John Ramirez has definitely spoke about Christians being oppressed by demonic spirits because they have given the devil legal rights to them because of their sinful nature. So if a company is telling me, and I see the evidence of a witch who is bold in what he or she believes in and, and is telling you that this, I am going to conjure up demons to go into every can. So anyone who opens this can and drink it, they will be possessed by demons. And you, a Bible believing Christian, opens the can and drink it and says, see, nothing happens. You are spiritually blind and you are spiritually naive and immature because the Bible is all about principles and spiritual laws. And I think that's why a lot of Christians today perish because of lack of knowledge. They don't understand. They don't respect. They don't acknowledge that God is the same today yesterday and forevermore. He does not change. So therefore his laws do not change. The Bible says that our adversary goes to the courts of heaven and accuses us. He accuses the brethren, the Christians who are believers of Jesus Christ. He accuses us day and night he goes to the courts of God and accuses us day and night. And they argue their case, which is why David said in his Psalms, Lord, be my lawyer. So if the devil goes to the throne of God, the courts of heaven, and he is accusing you, 
obviously he's saying, you know, star or this person disobeyed or they broke the spiritual law. We have legal rights to do X, Y, and Z to her because she has broken the law. And because of God's grace and mercy, sometimes he doesn't allow that punishment of us breaking the law to go against us because we are covered in the blood in the name of Jesus, right? But sometimes if we are naive or we want to push the envelope, God will allow Satan and his demons to attack us. But but the Bible also says, the devil meant it for my bad, but God turned it for my good. Meaning God allows certain situations or the devil to um or the devil to make situations or things happen to you, but in that he teaches you because it's for your own good, right? He is the good father. So I was kind of very disappointed and disheartened because how foolish, that's the best word I can use right now, is how foolish that these people who profess to be knowledgeable in the word of God and who are making content for people to watch Christian content and they are so carelessly saying that, oh, it's okay for Christians to drink this drink because you're covered by the blood. Like, let us be wise and and use wisdom in our decision-making and let us be spirit-led on the things that we partake in. So the Lord has been really um, opening my eyes to spiritual law and spiritual principles and the laws that he abide by because a lot of people suffer from like, oh, I'm a Christian. I love God, but I still struggle with X, Y, and Z. I still need deliverance from this. I still need deliverance from that. Well, why does the person still need deliverance from all these things if Christ himself said that he has set the captives free? We are free um, indeed because we have accepted the work in the work that he did on the cross. So why are we still suffering from these strongholds or these bondages that come through? Whether it's our disobedience, whether it's our bloodline, or whether it's just those two things are the main things, disobedience and bloodlines and covenants that we made. But covenants that we made are through our ignorance of being disobedient, right? So with the liquid dove, I just feel that it was very um, foolish and unwise to say that, oh, it's okay for you to drink it because you're not going to be possessed when God operates on spiritual law. God operates on spiritual principles. Matter of fact, it brings me to a story that I read in this book um, called Deliverance from Demonic Covenants and Curses, where he gave a story. It was these two Christian um, brothers, whether they were related or just brothers in Christ, they went to eat at this popular Nigerian restaurant um, in Nigeria. And when they went to go eat there, one of, as they were eating, eating, one of the guys, the Lord had opened his eyes and he saw um, 
dead babies. He saw these dead babies and they were um, bleeding and they were, you know, the skeletons of these babies. And um, he told his friend or his brother, he told him like, hey, you know, God had just revealed to me that this place, the owner of this place has offered a sacrifice to Satan to make her business successful. So they stopped eating the food. They got up and they left. They rebuked the place, rebuked the the satanic curse or covenant that the owner had made. And then the next the next day or a few days later, the restaurant closed down. They lost a lot of business. So it is foolish to think that people, witches, warlocks, people who are a part of the occult, they believe in spiritual law, but they are on the wrong side of the spiritual law. So they use these spiritual laws. They use the demonic power that Satan gives them to gain wealth, to gain prosperity to gain all these things of the world in exchange for something. So the owner of this liquid death, they have conjured up or hired a a witch to conjure up these demonic spirits and people, especially Christians, are being foolish or in saying that, oh, it's okay. Like God would not be mocked. That's what the Bible says. God will not be mocked for whatever you sow, you will harvest or whatever you sow, you will reap. So I thought it was just very foolish upon them to do that. Now, and I'm going to bring it home with this and then I'm going to move on to the next topic. In the three battlegrounds, the this book says that to give the devil no legal access, give him no rest, right? We don't want to give the devil any any rest. I'm going to read um, a little insert. It says, are the things oppressing us today the harvest of what we planted yesterday? Now that's based off of Galatians chapter six, right? We don't want to um, say, oh, why are these things are happening to me? But what did you plant? What did you sow? Because you're going to reap the harvest of that. You're going to reap the harvest of whatever you sow, whether it is good or whether it is bad, whether it is of God or whether it is of the devil. But can Christians be possessed? No. Can they be oppressed by demonic spirits? Yes, which is why you will see some Christians who constantly falls into sin or who is living a lukewarm lifestyle because they the devil has a stronghold over them. Now the Bible speaks of deliverance, right? He gives a parable, Jesus gives a parable of when a evil spirit is cast out and he's cast out and he goes roaming seeking rest, right? This is why the book says give the devil no rest. He goes out seeking rest and he cannot find any rest. So he goes back to where his home was at and he sees that his home is swept and clean. His home is swept and clean and no one's protecting it. But because he cannot enter it in himself because the person had already defeated that evil spirit, he goes and gets seven more 
spirits that are more evil than he is. And then he comes back to possess the person again. So this is why we want to give the devil no rest. How does he possess the person again? So for example, I'm going to use a topic that most people say that God cannot deliver people from. I'm going to use the topic of homosexuality. People say, especially when it comes to men, people say, oh, God cannot deliver you from that. Once you engage in that type of activity, God cannot deliver you. That's who you are. You know, just embrace it. But that is a lie from the pit of hell. Now, the people who struggle with that same-sex attraction, right? They come to Jesus Christ and, you know, they want to live right. They repent of their sins. But then you hear the phrase of pray the gay away. I couldn't pray the gay away. Nowhere in the Bible is tells you that, or there's no principles in the Bible that tells you that. The Bible says that you are set free indeed when you have repented of your sins and you have accepted Jesus as Lord and Savior of your life. Now, you are delivered from this demonic spirit. So now that you have been delivered from this demonic spirit, how do you stay free? How do you walk in your deliverance from this spirit? Because now the spirit that was cast out of you that you have been delivered from, you have already conquered that through Jesus Christ. You have already conquered that through Jesus Christ. So therefore that temptation cannot hold or have any power over you because Jesus Christ had given you the power to conquer it. Now it's going to, it's going to look and find rest. It's I'm looking for rest. Oh, I can't find any rest. So therefore I'm going to get seven more evil spirits that's more evil than me. And I'm going to come back and tempt you even more than what you were tempted before. So this is why the Bible says we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against prince and palace, prince and principalities that rule over dark places. So therefore we have to put on the full armor of God. So we can withstand the wiles of the devil, his schemes. So when the spirit that you were previously delivered from, when that spirit goes and gets seven more evil spirits to come back to oppress you, you need to have on the full armor of God. It's going to be even more temptation, which is why we have to constantly carry our cross. The Bible tells us to carry our cross. So we have to constantly carry our cross, right? If we're constantly carrying our cross, the Holy Spirit will give us wisdom. He will give us the knowledge and he will give us the strength to be able to overcome the schemes of the enemy. So how do we do that? We are in our prayer closet. We are reading our Bible. We are living according to God's righteous law. That's how we overcome the devil. We should be constantly praying day and night, whether we are praying in the spirit, whether we take our time out of the day 
and go into a quiet place where we can pray and hear from God. We should be constantly reading our Bibles. This is how we strengthen our spirit, man. So when those seven more evil spirits come back, you can withstand the temptation. The Bible says that God is not going to let you be tempted more than what you can handle because he has prepared a way of escape for you. So now when someone says, you know, I went, I, you know, I gave my life to Christ and, you know, I was, you know, once gay or I once, you know, was in a homosexual relationship, but God has delivered me from that. Great. Now, how do you stay delivered? How you stay delivered? And this is not just for this. This is for people who are who once were drug addicts, who once were sex addicts, who once were um, just living a lifestyle of sin. This goes across for everyone. Once we have been delivered from this evil spirit, which is whatever it is, pride, whether it is lust, whether it is perversion, whether it is whatever it is, once we have been delivered, we must hold fast until our deliverance and continue to walk in the spirit so we would not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Like the Bible is full of principles and laws of how to stay free. So I think it's pretty pretty foolish. Again, I'm going to say it was pretty foolish for these YouTubers to go on YouTube and to tell Christians and probably baby Christians that hang on to their every word or immature Christians that it was it was okay to drink a drink called liquid death, right? It was okay to drink, take this drink called liquid death. They showed a video of a witch conjuring up demons. So whoever opens the can to drink, they will be possessed or oppressed by a demon. I think it was pretty foolish and I hope they repented of that. Moving on, I wanted to talk about false prophets. In the Bible, the Bible says that in the last days, false prophets will rise and, you know, false ministers will rise, false prophets will rise and you know, they are going to do miraculous signs and wonders and even to fool the elect, which is the children of God. Now, how do you spot a false prophet? How you spot a false prophet is this, is they want you to hang on to their every word. They want you to depend on them to hear from God. We can hear from God when we go into our secret place, when we go into prayer with God, when we read God's word, God will speak to us. Now, when there is a rise of false prophets, God will also rise his true prophets. Now, a true prophet is going to convict you of the sin that you are committing, but also edify you where you want to seek God for yourself, where you want to read your Bible more, when you want to spend more time in prayer. They tell you to go into your secret place and pray to God to see if what I'm saying is correct or go into the word of God and see if what I'm saying is correct. They want you to seek God for yourself to confirm 
what they said to you because they know they heard from God versus a false prophet wants you to always come back to them. Give me a word of what the Lord is saying. The Lord can give you a word if you would just spend the time with him in your prayer closet. So that is the difference between, you know, a false prophet and a true prophet is that a false prophet is going to have you dependent on them to hear a quote unquote word from God. When a true prophet is going to tell you what God said and give you the tools and the principles to go and seek God yourself, like the fruit of it is going to be different. So I see a lot of different videos uh, on YouTube and Instagram and Facebook where you have this prophet this, this prophet that. It's a lot of prophets that are coming up. And the Lord says that we are in the last days that it is a lot of false prophets that are rising up. But as these false prophets are rising up, so am I rising up my true prophets. So be able to distinguish between what is a false prophet and what is a prophet or true prophet of God. A true prophet of God, again, is going to lean you towards seeking God yourself. It's going to lean you towards repentance. It's going to lean you towards reading your Bible more often and being holy and acceptable to the Father by stripping off the old nature and becoming more like Christ versus a false prophet is going to tell you everything is nice and sweet and have you hang on to their every word and depend on them to hear a quote unquote word from the Lord. So be mindful of that, of who you are listening to. Anytime you receive a prophecy from someone, if someone said, you know, the Lord told me to tell you this, always take, don't accept it just automatically go and take what they say to the Lord and pray about it to see Lord, is this from you or is this from the kingdom of darkness? Right? So now I want to speak about spiritual laws just in general. I think I went over that when I spoke about liquid death, but aside from liquid death, I want to talk about spiritual laws. Spiritual laws are imperative to our daily walk with Christ, imperative to our daily walk with God and his Holy Spirit, right? God does not abolish his spiritual laws. Jesus says in the Bible that he did not come to abolish the law, but he came to fulfill the law. So once he fulfilled the law, which is the old covenant, the law of Moses, we have entered into a new covenant with God through Jesus Christ. This is why he says that I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes to the Father except through me. So we have enter into a new covenant with our savior or with Yahweh, with God. We have entered into a new covenant with I am that I am because Jesus Christ has fulfilled the old covenant. He who knew no sin became a curse for us so we might be saved. So he fulfilled the old covenant of the law so we can have a new covenant with God and we can be made righteous through him. So as I am reading through this book, Deliverance from Demonic Covenants and Curses, I am learning so much. I'm almost finished with the book, but I'm definitely going to read this book again because there is just so many gems in this book and you can't just take it all in when you just read it once. You got to read it like 
30 times, times 30, because God will reveal things to you in this book and then back it up with the word of God. What I love about this book is that he gives scripture for everything that he says in his book. So just to give you a little background, he was born into a family of witches, but these witches also attended church, right? So they had idols. And I think we are living in a time of where a lot of Christians have idols. They have put things above the knowledge of Christ or things in God's place. When Jesus was here on earth, they were disputing on what is the greatest commandment. And he told them the greatest commandment is to love God with all your heart, to love God with all your mind, all your soul and all your might, which is your body, right? If I love God with everything in me, I fulfilled the first law of God. And then the second one is like it, to love your neighbor as yourself. This completes the law because if I love my neighbor as myself, I'm not going to commit murder. I'm not going to steal. I'm not going to covet. I'm not going to lie. I'm not going to do none of those things. The moral law. I don't want those things done to me. And the first law is to love God with every fiber of my being. He is first and foremost. So if I love God with every fiber of my being, I'm not going to do anything that's going to break his heart. I'm not going to put anything or anyone in the place where God is supposed to be. So if I love him with all my heart, I don't have time or room for idols to take place. And I think a lot of Christians, especially in today's age and time, we have a lot of idols. Christians have put their job as their idols, their success as their idols, their money as their idol, their social status as their idol, their social media as their idol. Like Christians have a lot of idolatry that's going on in the church. The approval of men, which is society, as their idol, right? So we have all these little idols and God is angry. He is upset. Remember, when you read through the Bible, especially the Old Testament, God is constantly disciplining the children of Israel because they have worshiped these false deities. They have worshiped these idols in replace of him. So he tells them to call onto their idols to save them, call onto their idols to deliver them. And I love the story um, of Elijah when it was a showdown, when he told the prophets of Baal to call onto their God. He had them do whatever they was doing. Day and night, they cried out. And Elijah is so funny because he's like, well, maybe he's sleeping or maybe he's relieving himself. Are you sure he hear you? You know, and because he knew that his God, the God of Isaac, Abraham, and Jacob, he knew that God, Yahweh, I am that I am, is all powerful and all supreme. And all he had to do was kneel down and pray. I think Christians don't understand the power of prayer when you connect yourself with Jesus Christ, when you connect yourself with the Father, our Heavenly Father in prayer. And the devil tries to rob us from prayer by making us so busy or so distracted with everything or the cares of this world 
And then we become weak and we become vulnerable to the schemes or the attacks of the enemy, which is why when Jesus went into the garden of Gethsemane, he said, well, could you not stay one hour with me because the disciples fell asleep? Could you not stay one hour with me and watch and pray? So the devil wants us to have no prayer life. That is his thing. So that leads me into the topic of Mike Todd. I saw a clip of the play that they performed for Easter and it was just blasphemous to say the least. Like I had the displeasure of watching it the little clip that it was seen. And a lot of people in the comments were like, but you gotta watch the whole video. I don't need to watch the whole video to know that this is foolishness. The Holy Spirit would give you wisdom and spiritual insight and clear spiritual vision to know when something is foolish. This is why we ought to have the Holy Spirit dwelling within us. Because remember, pay attention reader, remember that the Bible says that many false prophets were rise up and this and do many miraculous signs and miracles when even the elect can be deceived so we ought to be very watchful and very prayerful that the lord will open up our eyes and give us clear vision and spiritual perspective when we are examining things the clip of the play was horrible it was just horrible as i said i had the displeasure of seeing the clip and it was just blasphemous and if you zoom in or if you kind of pause the video they had a woman on the cross i don't know if it was supposed to represent jesus it was just horrible horrible and he has done a lot of questionable things or said questionable things but this does not surprise me given the fact of previous things he have said and done i think this right here puts the icing on the cake um at least for me to say okay he's a false teacher or he is teaching doctrine of demons because what happened to just having the power of the cross being enough it reminds me of when i believe it was paul I just read it in Acts. A woman that was following them was possessed by a demon. And she was telling the people who were looking at Paul, saying, oh, these are men of God. These are men of God. Listen to them. These are men of God. And Paul got so annoyed after a few days, he turned around and cast that demon out of her. And then her witch handler was mad and tried to have Paul and his disciple um, jail because he was losing money. In that instance, we don't need the backing of a demonic spirit to say, oh yes, these are men of God. Yes, this is true. We don't need that because God alone can witness for himself. He doesn't need the help of any demonic spirit to say, yes, I am the true God. The book of James, it says that, so what that you believe? and God. Even the demons believe. So they know, yes, even the demons believe. But what does that matter just because you believe in God? Are you doing the work? Or are you living righteously according to how God wants you to live? It doesn't matter if you believe in God if your lifestyle does not show that. So we don't need influence from the world, the culture, or demonic 
influences to preach the truth of who God is. We don't need that. So any pastor or anyone that you follow is using the culture or using demonic influences, whether they're trying to be like the world or whether they are trying to be um, accepted by the culture to spread the knowledge of God, they are in error. Is more likely they are a false teacher, a false prophet. They are wolves in sheep clothing. They are lukewarm Christians and they ought to repent. So I want to end this off with just living holy, giving the devil no rest. So how do we do that? Giving the devil no rest and how we do that is just living by the word of God, living in his grace and his mercy because the Bible says that surely your grace and mercy should follow me all the days of my life. So when I do sin and God shows me myself and he convicts me and said that is sin, I am going to agree with my adversary, as the Bible says, agree with your adversary, which is the devil, because he's the accuser of brethren. This is what the three battlegrounds is teaching in the first chapter is that I'm going to agree with my adversary and say, you know what? Yes, I committed that sin, but thank you, Jesus, for forgiving me. Please forgive me. I repent of that sin. I renounce whatever that sin is, and I am coming to the throne of grace, making myself right with God, and I will not do that again. So I have agreed with my adversary, the devil who is accusing me of this sin, but I am leaning on the grace and the mercy of God by repenting of my sin, confessing my sin, and declaring not to do that sin again by renouncing whatever that sin is. Because everything that we do is um, a manifestation of the spirit world. Every sin has a spirit. So whether it's a spirit of fear, whether it is a spirit of um, pervert perversion, whether it is a spirit of lying, whether it's a spirit of doubt, you know, if God told me that he's going to do something and the devil comes to me and say, oh, God can't do that. That is a spirit of doubt. And if I, even for a nanosecond, believe the enemy telling me that God is not going to do that. I need to repent. Lord, forgive me for not believing because you said that your word would not return void. So I ask for you to forgive me for not believing in your word. And I repent of that. And I detach or denounce myself from the spirit of doubt. This is how you win in spiritual warfare. So this podcast is a little bit long, but I just had to get that out there. God wants us to live holy. And how do we live holy? We live holy by applying his word to our everyday lives. We apply his word by reading his word and we are to spend quiet time with him. Quiet time in our secret place where he can speak to us and we can speak to him. So that is all I have to say. Thank you all for listening. I know this podcast is a little bit long, but um, I think it's worth it. So again, I will leave the link and the names to these books that I am reading. And we will be discussing these books and other topics more frequently. And I will see you guys on the next podcast. Thank you all. Bye.